we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. Happy Mother's Day. We love y'all. We want to just, I always think it's, some days it's, um, it's good to have fun. It's good to enjoy life. It's good to be able to laugh, to come into God's house and laugh with brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, we, we have this. We can sing songs of worship and praise to our Lord. We can, we can laugh together. We can cry together. We can go, we can go together. That's what's so cool about it. You know, um, in, the, in the real world, out those doors where we go to and where we scatter all off, we don't have this kind of, kind of community. God's blessed us. There's something about the church. There's something about the body of Christ that, he's, that you know, we, we understand one another. We get it. And there's just, I mean, it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. If you've got your Bibles, go with me over to Second Peter. Y'all start something. Start reading 2 Peter, okay? You've read 1 Peter for a couple of weeks. Let's read 2 Peter for a week or so, okay? Um, it's Peter's second letter. He's writing to the church a little later on. He writes it for a different reason in a way. 1 Peter, we've been reading about the, how we, we suffer, and the suffering comes in lots of different ways and stuff, but you get over into Second Peter and he's dealing with something else. He's dealing with another type of, I don't want to say suffering, but another thing that's very problematic in the church, heresy and not preaching the truth or hearing the truth or false doctrines and false teachings and things like that. And as I've been reading, I've been reading, you know, First Peter, is, it's only five chapters, and I've been reading and bleeding on into Second Peter a lot. I was thinking about this, especially, I mean, it was kind of neat how God put it together. Coming into Mother's Day, and Forrest said something this morning in prayer time. We had prayer, always do, we had prayer, and he said, pray for all the people that still have mama, you know, because some of us don't have mama, I don't have mama. Some of you don't have mama, but those of us that still do have mama, if there's, if there's some tension, I want you to listen, fix it, work it out, deal with it, because here's the deal, we're not promised, we're not promised forever. You know, as a kid, you think you're going to have mama forever. You don't always have mama. You have what she taught you. You have those truths. But as we were back there praying, and he said that, I, I thought it hit me. I'm like, I hope there's nobody in this congregation, and I'm going to mention this again second service. I hope there's nobody in this hill this day that just has issues with mama or daddy or brother or sister. You know, you just you just can't talk. You just you just mad at each other. She's done give. She's done give. Some, what's it all matter? She loved him. What's it matter? Let's fix it because they're not promised to be with us forever. When you go back, you can't fix it after the fact. You can stand there at the grave. You can stand there and you can kick it and you can do whatever you want to, but you can't tell her. Tell her. 
tell her. Tell her you love her. Tell her whatever you want to tell her because when she's gone, you can't tell her. But you can remember. You can remember the truths that she taught you. And that's what Peter was talking about here in this section, in this, in this book. He's basically getting the church to remember all that he had taught them. Because false prophets, heresies, things that, you know, when you, you know, most of you, I'm assuming, blanket statement, have been around church a little while. Some of you grew up in church. Some of you know this book. I mean, you know it frontwards and backwards. And, and if somebody says something that's not right, what goes up? It's like, it's like a little radar. You're like, huh. May not, be a, may not be a scholar, may not have a, a seminary degree, but you're like, nah, there's something wrong with that. That's just wrong. I don't think that's in the, that's not in the Bible I've read. You know what I mean? That's what this book is about. That's what he's doing. Is he's wanting them to remember truth. He's wanting them to remember that when they're out there in the world, they're going to hear things and they're going to encounter issues and, and they're going to hear stuff. So it's not so much you're going to get physical attack and, and the persecution may not be like that, but things may start being taught and and. Stuff going on that just ain't right. I mean, look, we look around our world, things are being taught as truth that it does not line up with Scripture. That's what he's talking about in 2 Peter. Look over in chapter 3. We're going to bounce all over this book. We're almost going to read the entire book in the next few minutes. Because that's what he does. Look at Chapter 3, verse 1. This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of remember, reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by the apostles. Guys, one of the, one of the greatest things we have is our memories. Memories of when we were little, memories of when it was fun, memories of those fun summers, memories of those vacations. You, they, they flood back. We think of those memories. And what Peter is saying here to the church is, I want you to remember truth. I want to stir you up. That's why he's writing this letter. I want to shake you up a little bit. I want you to remember so that when you, when you come across in life things that just aren't right, you remember the word. Look over in chapter 1. Chapter 1 down in verse 12. It says, therefore, therefore, I will always, always be ready to remind you of these things. Even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ had made clear to me. Remember at the end of chapter, the end of John, when Jesus is talking there to, to John and Peter, and Jesus basically tells him how he's going to die, and he turns over and looks at John. Well, what about him? And, and Jesus is like, that's none of your business. You follow me. 
Jesus had already told him, and and Peter was like, my time has come, it is happening, verse 15. And I will also notice very important parents. This verse is very important parents. Teachers, preachers, leaders. I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Let me ask you, how do you, how does a person be able to make such a statement? You can't just, you you can't flippantly say it once by in passing. You have to live it. You have to talk of it often. You have to, when you stand up and when you lie down and when you're in your house and when you're on the street, you have to almost Deuteronomy 6 it. You've got to keep truth in front of people. What are we keeping in front of people? Is it scripture? Is it truth? Here's what we're good at, church. We're good at good old common sense. Good old horse sense. I change a tire, change the oil, fix a flat, know when the check engine light comes on, see if the low fuel light comes on. We can teach that stuff. This stuff matters. If we cease to exist, verse 15 of chapter 1 of, and I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. What if that's our, what if that, what if that verse, church on a Sunday morning, Mother's Day 23, what if that simple verse, captured our hearts so strongly that we said, you know what? For the rest of my life that I've been given here on this earth, as long as I have left, I'm going to live it in such a way that my children, that my grandchildren, that my family, my co-workers, yeah, they're going to know how to change a tire, but they're also going to know who Jesus is. Yeah, they're going to know some common sense stuff about how you can look at the sun and see you can see when the weather's coming in or you can check the seasons or, or know if it's going to rain and all that. But more importantly than that, I want you to know that, that Christ is the only hope you have. I want you to know that there's no other way to heaven except but through Jesus. I want you to know that whatever happens to you, you can always trust Him. That His word is true from front to back. No matter what people start saying, no matter what the world says, what the government says, what the media says, God is right, period. Guys, that, for the rest of our lives, what if that is our platform? Uh, that, but you know what? I, I can tell you one thing about him. And then it just floods to mind truth. Guys, every one of us have the rest of our lives, and we don't know how long the rest of our lives are. Bible says it's but a vapor, but we've got the rest of our lives to do that. That the people around us will be able to call to memory not just the good times, but the truth, such as, look over, look over, chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and, our, and of Jesus our Lord, seeing, verse 3, so powerful, so important, so necessary, 
seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Do you realize that in Christ, you have at your disposal everything you need pertaining to life and godliness? Everything we need is found in Christ. Everything we need to live right is found in Christ. Period. We don't have to look outside of Christ. It's not extra biblical. It's not extra Jesus. It is Christ alone. Everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness is found in Jesus Christ. Period. That's what he was teaching them. Keep reading. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also applying all diligence. In your faith supply moral excellence. That means really, really try. That means put forth effort. By faith in Christ, by faith in the one who's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, we put forth a lot of effort to live right. Moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. Knowledge, not, not worldly knowledge, biblical knowledge. Because it's this, this is what matters. This is what keeps us from drifting. This is what keeps us from getting away from God. The truth of God's Word, not good old-fashioned common sense, the Word of God. We're masters of giving good old horse sense. Are we leaving the truth of God's world in a trail behind us? Are we? Guys, if, if, if Peter's like, look, I don't, I don't have a problem saying this again. <laughs> I don't have a problem stirring you up a little bit. I don't have a problem like shaking you so that you'll remember what really matters. I don't have a problem at all, he says. I want you to, I want you to know it. Even when I'm gone, I want you to be able to stand there. When life happens, when, when your roller coaster of life, some of you is on the mountain. When you hit that bottom again, and you know what bottoms are like because you were there just before the mountain, remember? That's life. He don't change. He's, he's faithful. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. That pertains to the bottom just as well as it does the peaks. Everything we need, he's given to us through faith in Christ. He didn't say first chapter 1. I mean, First Peter. We're going to suffer. There's going to, people are going to ridicule you. People are going to say things about you, but, but be ready. Give a defense for the hope that's inside of you. Don't, don't think the fiery trial, that ordeal that you have to face is something odd. Everybody's dealing with it. But it's there for a reason. Verse 6, in your knowledge, self-control. There's a war that's raging inside of you. Even as we speak, there's a war that's raging inside of you that's basically saying, pay that no attention. You're fine. Preacher's, preacher's on it today. He's excited. He's got all fired up over Mother's Day. No. Peter says, I say, we say. We don't have a problem saying it again. 
We don't have a problem stirring you up and shaking you up and reminding you of truth. That's why we're left here. That's why we're still here. You ever think about that? Mama's gone. I don't know if yours is, but we're still here. They're gone, we're still here. Others are gone. Daddies are gone and we're still here. Siblings are gone and we're still here. Grandparents are gone and we're still here. Those that always knew the answer, those that always held the family together, those that always knew the right words to say, those that always had the right whatever, they're gone. But we're still here. Tag, we're it. Self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, I want to I wanna, I wanna be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. Then you go back up through that list and you do those things. Because the Bible clearly says, Peter clearly says under the leadership of the Holy Spirit that if you do these things and if this is who you are, then you are fruitful. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification of his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. As a kid, as a young person, I always jumped on those type verses. No lie. Those are the places that I saw in Scripture. You do this, and I promise you, I guarantee you this will happen. Draw near to God, and the devil will free from you. That is a promise. I love that. Do this and you will not be unfruitful. Do this and you will not stumble because we are people that are wanting to know. Show us, Lord, exactly how you want to live. Okay, here's what you do. Do it this way. But there are those out there that's not. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned. And their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. There are people who will look at me standing up here preaching from this book. There are people who will look at you living by the, under the leadership of the God of this book and they will look at us and they will say, you fools. It's a beautiful day out there and why are you wasting it in that box listening to him? Just go live. Just go live. You got to listen to nothing. I mean, he's been running his mouth. God ain't come back yet. I mean, remember, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Hey, where's he at? That's what they'll say. 
all the way back then, almost 2,000 years ago, that's what they were saying. Look at chapter 3, verse 3. Know this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. All the way back then, Peter's reminding us, saying, look, they always going to say it. You're going to have... You're gonna have heretics, you're going to have liars, you're going to have mockers, you're going to have people that look at you in your life and say, ain't true. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come, church. Like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Go over, back over to chapter 1. Preacher, how do we know we can trust this thing? Verse 19. But we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That's why I said... Peter wrote, being moved by the Spirit of God. So then, how are we to act? Chapter 3, verse 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be? Holy in conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because which the heavens will be destroyed by the burning of the elements which melt with intense heat. Look at verse 17. You therefore, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you're not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. There are people that sit inside of churches today because their friends are here who have fallen away. They're physically here, but mentally they're gone because music's sweet, the fellowship's sweet, the food is sweet. The relationships are sweet, but they've fallen away. Don't do that, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. You are your mama's legacy. You are your mama's legacy. You're your mom and daddy's legacy. Not here to talk about whether mom or daddy were good or bad. It's not an issue. But you are their child. You are their product. Let me ask you. What's your product? What's your product? Well, it's too late. Mine are gone and grown and I've done messed up. If I could go back, I'd start over. Do you own a telephone? Start over. 
Yeah, but they'd think I'm weird and they'd think I'm all this and they may hang up on me. Possibly. Possibly. But at least you try. Some of us still got them right next to us. Some of us still got them all around us. What are you leaving behind? Guys, what are we leaving behind? How we're living matters, church. <laughs> An American messed up thing is, well, I'm just going to raise them. They're going to grow up. They're going to be on their own. No, God gave them to you. <laughs> raise them. God put people around us. You say, well, I'm not responsible for them. I know, but how we live matters. What we say matters. What we do matters. Because the world is watching and you and I are the ambassadors of Christ. We don't have freedom to just go out and live how we want to live. No, we are constrained and compelled. Not us that lives, it's Christ that lives in us. Peter's like, I'm here to just stir you up a little bit to remember. You know this. Stirring you up a little bit to how we ought to be. Stirring us up a little bit to who we are in Christ. And yeah, from way back to maybe now, one or two of us or three of us or a whole host of us may not have done the, the best of jobs at it. But guess what? We got from now on. You woke up today. If I'm not dead, you're not done. He's not finished with you. Everybody, I'm fixing to pray. I want you to do this. Say this. Say, He's not finished with me. Say it again out loud. Some of you didn't even move your mouth. If you didn't move your mouth, guess what? You give up already. He ain't finished with you. I want us to bow our heads. And I want you to start your prayer with, Lord God, I believe you're not finished with me. And I want you and him to talk. Father God, you've been so good to us. You've brought us to this point in life. And God, we God, we want to be obedient. And we want to walk in obedience and honor your great name. And God, we want our lives from this point forward to do and be exactly what you want us to be. God, we thank you for our children. We thank you for our spouses, our relationships. We thank you for our mothers. We thank you for all those that are around us, Lord. We love them and we praise you for them. God, use us, Lord, so that we can begin leaving a legacy behind that, that looks like what Peter said there, that even after we're gone, even after we're gone, at any point you'll be able to remember it. God, we want that to be us. 
God, let our lives make a difference for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you've heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.